This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Back of the Nest Match Report. I'm your host, Mike, and I'm joined by an abundance of insight in the form of Nick Gillard and Chris Clark as we give you a bumper end-of-season pod. We'll try not to dwell on the Liverpool game too much. Oh, and the under-23s got promoted in their very first season as a Category 1 team. Go them. We'll be back after this. The Match Report. Sponsored by Pitch Sport. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com. Alexa, play Back of the Nest podcast. Playing Back of the Nest, CPFC podcast from Amazon Music. Back of the Nest, now on your Alexa device and Amazon Music. Uh, gentlemen, um, this was supposed to be an end-of-season extravaganza, um, but we've had some sick notes in and stuff. So um, we've sorted the week from the chaff, just just the three of us. Um, I hope that's okay with you guys. Um, we're going to get into, first off, get into the Palace news this week. Um, and a couple of us yesterday were at the under-23s. Incredible uh, playoff victory against Sunderland. Chris, talk, us, talk the listeners through uh, a night at Selhurst, a Monday night at Selhurst. Well, what a fantastic experience. I mean, you know, some of us had also had the privilege of being back for the playoff semi-final and indeed for the um, uh, less uh, successful game against Arsenal. Less said about that, the better. Um, but we did get to see uh, to say goodbye to Roy in style as well. Um, last night was fantastic. Um, the atmosphere in the ground, considering that it's an under-23s game, um, you know, it it was really, really impressive. The you know we were singing for the vast majority of the game. My voice has only just recovered now, uh, so you know you've you've got the benefit of my dulcet tones, largely thanks to water and paracetamol. After recovering from that, we met at the Clifton nice. um, and had a a few sherbets before the game. Behaved ourselves uh, in terms of uh, staying in the ground. And you know, while the game itself was not hugely eventful, uh, a um, frankly a nil-nil board draw, including um, quite an edgy uh, wait uh, during stop, you know, during the extra time. Um, ultimately, the you know the, the Palace eleven triumphed on penalties. Um, you know, very it was a just a, a lovely night, and you know it was brilliant to see so many faces there. 
Yeah, I, th- I think the, the fans have got to take some serious credit for the penalty shootout because they were relentless towards the Sunderland players. Um, I, I, I'd have probably... I'd have probably skied mine as well. I'd have done a Hennessy. Um, like that poor kid that ended up... They had to drive all the way back up to Sunderland after losing 5-3 on penalties, not getting promoted. He must be absolutely gutted today. It's going to take him a while to get over it. But um, I don't know. Just It was written in the stars. I didn't feel like we were not going to lose that penalty shootout. Um, just wanted to say a couple of things on the players that I thought really impressed me um, watching it live. Um Jay Rich Bagley, uh, really good. I mean, I, I hope he gets some minutes next season. Um, it, it's always annoying to try and tell which players which when they don't have their names written on the shirt. Um, but I thought him uh, and Hallam were probably my two favourite players on the night. What about you, Chris? Well, for me, Jake O'Brien really, really stood out in both games, uh, particularly in the semi, actually, more than more than last night. But, you know, I, I really think, you know, while th- there have been some who've said that he's probably not quite physically ready, I'd like to see him get some minutes in the Premier League, you know, maybe in a game, you know, towards the latter stages when we're, you know, we've comfortably got a cushion or something. But I, th- I think he's ready to perform. And frankly, he can't be worse than some of the lumbering centre-back performances that we've seen this year. So I really want to see him get some minutes next time. Oh, let's keep positive. Come on now. Uh, Nick, your thoughts? Can I ask a question at this juncture? Um, I yeah. saw some of the videos. The crowd did look fantastic. First question, how cold was it? Second question, well, you're not going to see their players' names through all that rain anyway, even if they were on the shirt. So that, that's more of a statement than a question. And the third more important one is, how's the style of play different under Derry with the under-23s compared to Roy Ball? Well, I, I'll jump in first and say that um, I was given a bit of a beer jacket by the fact that um, Luke, who's been on this pod before, was drinking with us. And uh, just before we left the pub, uh, ordered us both three uh, three shots of dark rum in a, in a cup, uh, got me to pay for it as well. Um, but that definitely helped with the, uh, with the stayed warm. Um, I mean, I, I, there wasn't that much COVID, um, COVID social distances going on in any block either. So that, that probably helped. Uh, it was, it was, a, it was a bad night weather wise. And, you know, the press were making out it was freezing. It wasn't, it wasn't that cold, but it, it was pretty grim, um, you know, wet socks all around. Um, I mean, the, the game, it was 120 minutes at nil-nil. So, I mean, um, that says something itself. I, I, I think defensively, Palace were very strong um, going forward. I don't think, I mean, considering the semi-final was absolutely end-to-end stuff, um, it, it, it didn't have that much. Um, I, I don't know, Chris, maybe Chris wants to comment differently, but I would, I, I would say that it was a very nervy affair, you know, a, a typical playoff final affair. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I mean, the the playoff final itself was definitely a far more nervy, tight performance and and a traditional um, setup. Whereas there was a bit more experiment in the uh, in the semi. You know, there was actually a point where we were three at the back for a period. So he's clearly willing to change it up depending on the circumstances. And obviously, the other thing to say is that with both of the games going to 120 minutes, there were a lot of subs. So I'm not sure that, you know, necessarily all the people who uh, performed in those games were, are necessarily regulars for our, you know, for for the under-23s. You know, they, they may well have been, you know, using the depth of the squad in this case. Yes, it's worth saying that there's a, a big old article on the Palace website now talking you through the entire season. The first season is a Category 1 team and they get promoted, so it is awesome. Hey. 2,759 of us or something were there and, and we were very lucky to. Um, 
no, not everyone can go at the moment and not everyone's comfortable with going, but it was a great night. Let's move on to some news that came out today at the time of recording. Uh, the signing of Jacob Montez. Um, and we've got a clip straight from the Palace website. Um, and I believe it's Chris Grierson speaking to the man himself. So, uh, Sam, producer Sam, please uh, hit it. Jacob, welcome to Crystal Palace Football Club. Um, how excited are you to have signed? Extremely excited. It's been a dream, obviously, to be a professional soccer player since I could walk, really. Um, so to, to be able to sign for a Premier League club is incredible. What's your history in your career so far? So I grew up in South Florida, played youth soccer there, or football, actually, I should say. I went through the college system. So I played for Georgetown University for four years, I'm just graduating now. We were national champions in 2019 for the first time in program history. So that was amazing. I play center attacking mid, center mid, anywhere through the midfield really. I can play left, right. An attacking minded player, I'd like to say I'm kind of creative on the ball. What have you noticed about the differences in what you're playing in the States? Just the intensity and, and the speed of play, everything about it is a really high standard. Everyone kind of knows their role and they do it really well no matter what. So it's just really the speed of play, I think that's the biggest difference. What do you hope that the next year has in store for you? I want to try to make a good impression, do whatever I can, perform at the highest level. He's got, he's got a very attractive voice, hasn't he? Very, very sexy, low, low baritone voice. Um, yeah, a, a interesting one. Came out of came out of left field. I don't think anyone's expecting anything to be announced on a, on a new signing today. Um, I mean, let's be honest. He's he's probably not the the signing to replace Eze while he recovers from his Achilles injury. Um, but we, what we do have in the in the way of insight is a, a quick voice note from our own Patrick, who obviously is American has been involved with um, with training uh, youngsters uh, in football over there. So we asked him thoughts on this guy and, uh, and where he's come from, and, and he gave us a little voice note. So um, let's have a listen to that. Quick word on Jacob Montez, the new signing Paddy's made from Georgetown University. A um, little bit I know of him. I saw him play once. Um, he played against my uh, alma mater, St. John's University. They played in the same conference. Potentially very good player, good passer, like when he moves, he's young, good legs, obviously, you know, moves about well. Um, the school he goes to, Georgetown, was national champions, college champions in 2000, I guess, 19. Um, one of the best programs in the country. They annually put players into the pro leagues here in America. Um, so I'm looking for him to probably be an under-23 player, but honestly, at his age of 22, if he gave him a chance, I think he can make it in the first team, but we'd have to kind of really give him some good coaching. But I like the idea we signed an American University player. And again, I think he can do, be decent. Cheers. Well, that's uh, that's some high praise from Patrick there. Um, I mean, it, not a lot any of us can add. None of us had heard of him before today. Um, but it's, it's some good signs. I saw that Scott Banks has also been drafted into the Scotland squad. So we've got some young talent coming through. Um, and let's just end... Palace this week news um, with a, a clip about Roy. Um, I don't think we need to discuss it anymore. Everyone's got their opinions. Um, everyone's very grateful for the time he's had at the club. But um, let's just finish with a quote from from Andros Townsend on the on the great man himself. He's been incredible. Um, I think now Crystal Palace are seen as a Premier League outfit, and I think that's down to Roy Hodgson. Um, before he came in, we were flirting with relegation every year. Um, I saw a stat other than his first few months, we haven't been in the relegation zone since he's been here. So. That's what he's done. He's made us a, a solid Premier League outfit. Um, unfortunately, we couldn't go that one step further and break into the top 10, but hopefully um, we, can, we can do that next year or get closer to that next year. 
Some serious background noise there. Um, someone even being told to shush. Excellent. Uh, I mean, we, we've all got our opinions on Roy um, and people on this pod range from those who've wanted Roy gone for a long time to those that um, would probably still happily have him for another year. Um, I don't think there's a lot else we can say about it other than uh, four, four big years for the club, four huge years for the club. And um, I think it's some pretty big shoes to fill. Uh, let's get on to talking about his very last game in charge, Liverpool away. Um, I don't want to dwell on it, gentlemen, because it was a, it was a pretty nothing game. Um, it's a quick thoughts from you, Nick, and then you, Chris, and uh, I, I'll give a few stats on the game, and then I think we'll probably get to the end of the season questions rather than, than dwelling on a game that wasn't particularly memorable, was it? It's, it started so well, didn't it? Um, Townsend, first, first five minutes, yeah. Yeah, Townsend with his narrow miss, but the, the, the difference in quality between the, the teams was vast, wasn't it? And... Um, we, we just didn't stand a chance. Um, maybe we could have been a little bit more attacking, but we, we couldn't string string many passes together before a Liverpool player was on us in one possession again. So they had something to play for. We didn't. Before the game, you know, we cast our mind back a few years to when we stopped Liverpool um, winning the league, uh, making Suarez cry. Um, although he did have a good weekend, didn't he? Scoring that goal for Atletico and putting one over on Barcelona who sold him. Um, so I wasn't expecting too much and I was half expecting another 7-0 drubbing. But when when you've got um, the team out we did and some of the subs that were made towards the end, um, it just made me even gladder all over that the season was over. And I, I can't disagree with you know much of what what you said there, Nick. I thought I like you said. I mean, it started well, and I I was actually you know pretty heartened with with the way the performance went. It's one of those games where you know if, if a chance goes in, it changes the whole direction of, of a match. You know, and and it, if you imagine you know that Andros's shot had just been you know that inch one one side of the post rather than where it went then, you know, it could have been a very different game. But as it turned out, you know, we, we didn't take our chances. They did. Um, I have to say, you know, I mean, listening to the, you know, the commentary and also looking at the reaction of um, Jurgen Klopp on the sideline when it went 2-0, you know, it looked more like they'd won the Champions League rather than qualified for it. So, you know, I I mean, that, that's undoubtedly sour grapes on my part. But, you know, while he... He's clearly a great coach and a um, you know a pretty good man by all accounts. He's starting to really annoy me now. Interesting. I, I mean, I, I think they've had they've had a, a rough old time this season in terms of injuries and that kind of thing. But there's plenty of pods about Liverpool, so if you want to listen to one of those, um, you know, the Anfield Rap probably gets about 200 listeners for every one that we get. So there you go. Um, looking at whoscored.com, um, you know, the Bible for. For stats, um, the only person in our team to get seven out of ten or higher was Townsend, who um, had a decent enough game, but everyone else very average scores. Um, you know, they had nineteen shots, we had five. I can't remember the other four. I can only remember one, to be honest. Uh, one corner against their fourteen, um, and, and only thirty percent possession across the game. So it, it was definitely one to forget. To be honest, I think a lot of us were uh, refreshing feeds for, for other games. The main thing for me was I really, really, really didn't want Brighton to get three points knowing that their goal difference was so much better than ours. And it was great that they didn't and they've ended up below us again. And that is all I really cared about. Nick, do you want one last word on this yeah, game? Yeah, just just a couple of points. The ref was rubbish. 
Um, I did think Mane pushed Ward before he scored the first goal for them. Definitely a two-handed push. Wasn't looked at again on on uh, VAR or anything. And like a lot of teams who've played against us, we're, we're known for breaking. When it looked like we were going to break, we were fouled and had um, Terence Trent uh, Arnold or whatever his name is, Derby, um, been booked for, for a cynical foul. Uh, I think it was on Wilf or maybe even uh, Jeffrey Schlupp. Um, he'd have been red-carded for, for shoving IU in the back and they, they were on the wind-up. They were, they were trying to wind us up all along and I think they did a good job. Yeah, I mean, we've said in the past that we need to do that more, so I think it's, it's hard to criticise at times. Um, Salah's dive really pissed me off, um, but other than that, I think maybe IU was lucky to stay on the pitch. Um, yeah, I, I, I think there's a lot more to be said on that. Um, let's let's get on to more positivity. Obviously, we ended up with 44 points in full teamth. Um, and rather than this just being about that game, we thought we'd discuss the whole season. Um, the fact that we've lost the manager, the fact that a lot of our players' contracts are coming to the end, that kind of thing. And the fact that it's the weirdest season I can ever remember. Um, what I asked people of this parish was a few questions about the season. Um, Asked them their favourite player for the season, game of the season, favourite Roy moment. Uh, what's disappointed you this season? And uh, just a discussion about whether the season was a success or not. So I'll start with you two gents. Then we've got a few clips from a couple of other members of the team, including Hambo. You're probably expecting him to be uh, presenting today. But the man is on holiday, um, enjoying this incredible sunny patch that the UK is going through, where we've had rain for about the last 38 days straight. Um, so why he's chosen now to go away, I don't know. But we can ask him that next time he's on a pod. Um, just to say, obviously, we're calling this the end of the season pod, but, you know, as there's some transfer rumours, as people get signed, there will be some more. And I'm sure Hamburg will be back because you will be missing him. So, Chris, let's go through, first of all, your player of the season, please. Difficult to single one out. I mean, um, it's, it feels well, you've really got, you've hard. You've got to single one out. That's, okay, that's well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do, I'm, don't worry, I'm going to do it. Um, it feels really um, invidious not selecting Zaha. Um, but I'm not going to. Uh, breakthrough player would be Tyrick Mitchell. Um, Eze obviously has arrived and made a real impact, but it's got to be Guaita for me. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't doesn't need much more explanation than that. Nick, your player of the season? I'm sick of people having goalkeepers as, as our player of the season. It happens far too often. It says so much about the rest of the team. Um, <laughs> had Benteke performed uh, for the whole of the season like he did the end of the season, he would have he would have coasted it because those last few games were the performances of the season for me. But uh, Tarek Mitchell, um, I can't really remember him putting a foot wrong the whole season. And it's nice to have somebody coming through, uh, blighted a bit by injuries. Um, yes, Quiet was good, but but Tyrick is, is just something to look forward to, uh, which we haven't had a lot of. So, yeah, I'm glad with him. Yeah, I mean, he was a bit of a diamond in the rough the last couple of games as well. Um, I, I mean, I was going to go Guaita too, um, and deep down, I, I, I absolutely would. Just to be different, I'm going to go Eze because, uh, not necessarily because I think that he did more for the team than Guaita, but um, to me, he's the signal of um, the, the change for Palace. Um, he's going to signal in a new era, and I'm very excited about that. Uh, your game of the season, Chris? 
Right. Okay. Well, that one. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's hard to see past Brighton away. Obviously, that that you know, extremely memorable, uh, very late winner when we, you know, definitely not been the better team. Um, home to Spurs will have a special place in my heart too because it was one of the only two matches we were allowed to go to. But ultimately, being the better team as we beat Man U away earlier in the season um, is is the one for me. Fair enough, Nick. Yeah, I was going to go go with the Man United game. Um, but my favourite game of the season was actually Arsenal last week because I got to go. I thought we played pretty well. It was great to see players in the flesh. Um, great to see people I hadn't seen for a while, like uh, like Chris. And be in the crowd. Like you said, it was a bit of a surreal season not being able to go. Um, other than that, yeah, Brighton. I was on the watch along with DR for that. And the scenes at the end were incredible because we were crap. We didn't deserve to win. And to beat your rivals like that is just so good. And you can, can contrast it with the, the earlier game in the season against Brighton where we were pretty much the same, but 1-0 up um, and just sat back and let them come back into it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. As for the best game, probably Brighton just because of the lulls. I mean, you did at the Arsenal game get to see uh, Pepe score a brace. And obviously, um, as the Arsenal fans are always saying, um, he is uh, the better version of Wilf, isn't he? The 72 million well worth spent. So, well spent. So, um, obviously, that that would be your game of the season. Otherwise, wouldn't it? Um, for me, um, I couldn't choose the Brighton game just because I was there the season before, and that game cannot be touched. I mean, it was amazing this season. Um, Dr's reaction on the watch along incredible, but when you're not there, it's not the same. Um, same with the Leeds game early on in the season. Um, excellent result proper flowing football um, how I've wanted Palace to play but I'm going to go the Spurs game because I was there the uh, the equaliser that I really didn't expect us to get we all went absolutely mad in the Homesdale and that that is just a really happy memory for me one of the happiest memories that I can remember in Selhurst so that's mine uh, this is a tougher one your favourite Roy moment um, now we asked listeners this um, and I'll tell you the most popular one in a moment, but let's get your favourite Roy moments, Chris. Right, well, I'm only going to pick one for this one. Yeah, I'm not even going to try and uh, stretch the rules of the game. For me, you know, football with is all about rivalries and hatreds and dislikes and how you live out that tribal thing. And for me, Man U will always be that team because of stealing RFA Cups in both 1990 and 2016, scumbags. So um, for me, I've, I've travelled to that ground and desperately hope to see us not just scrape a point but actually win a game and so being there when IU scored in 2019 when we um yeah we were ahead Daniel James got that equalizer cruel equalizer on the 89th minute and then for PVA to come up and for us to win the game was just absolute scenes delirious you know rows ahead up and down everywhere for me, you know, nothing will touch that until we actually beat them in an FA Cup final, which I hope to ha- hope happens before I die. Excellent. Well, let's hope that you, uh, in the nicest possible way, don't live to be 200. Nick? <laughs> That's cruel. Um, are we talking about Roy moment this season or Roy moment of all time? No, overall, now, overall. That, now that the man's finished his tenure. Okay. Because my, my favourite moment this season was when he announced his retirement. But of all time has to be um, when he got us out of the relegation zone in that first season that he was here because it was incredible 
how he managed to turn that team around. And it was like, um, it was like um, Tony Pulis on amphetamines. It was just that good uh, at getting us out of that, that scrape. So lots and lots of kudos for Roy for doing that. Um, I'm not sure any other managers could have done it. He, he instilled something in us um, that, that kept us going. So, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, it's it's arguable, I suppose, that Big Sam had done it as well before. But um, yeah, so I, I can tell you now that the most popular vote from listeners was the uh, the game after the seven defeats in a row, um, Chelsea two one, where he pulled out the two false number nines, which was absolutely incredible. Um, I unfortunately was at a wedding that day in Leicester. So was watching it on a small phone rather than being at Selhurst. And that was one of the most, I was distraught. I mean, obviously we won, but the fact I wasn't there really, really hurt. The fact I had to sell my ticket on whatever that ticket resale site was called, um, that Palace had a uh, thing with for a while. Um, yeah, that, I mean, for people that were there, I don't doubt I can see why that was the number one. Uh, for me, turning around the game at Stoke, where we were 1-0 down at halftime, um, that was Roy at his best um, with half-time tinkering. Um, I know that probably doesn't stick in, in everyone's memory quite as much, but that, that stuck out for me. And then Arsenal, um, as far as I remember, we were away. I'd had a few beverages. We were 2-0 down and pulled it back to 2-all and silenced what was already quite a quiet ground. Um, those are my two, but yeah, I can see why the Chelsea 2-1 is is top. Just, um, just- Sorry, just to add yeah. to that, while, while we're talking yeah. about Roy, what's what was so frustrating and why I chose him leaving as my favourite moment this season was we knew he was capable of pulling results out of the back. Do you remember the tactical masterclass he did against Man City? Where I think we were away to them. We either beat them or drew to all, I think. And you think, well, if you can do that, why have we put up with the same thing week in, week out for the last two years? He's, he, we know he's, he's got it in him to actually outwit opposing managers. And and that seemed to go. And alas, I, I came to not like him very much, which was a real well, shame because I loved him. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And and the, the, the boat that came second was obviously Andros's goal in the 3-2 Man City game um, in people's favourite Roy moments. But what I would say, um, as, as it's... It's me presenting today. I, I, I just think we, we've said enough about about Roy's uh, bad sides in other pods. And uh, I know I know Hambo is right when he says that sometimes we see people that have gone with rose-tinted spectacles. You know, there was plenty of people that said Yedinak was on his last legs. There's plenty of people that are saying goodbye needed to be changed. And as soon as they go, everyone gets sentimental for it. Um, but I, I, I just think now, now he's gone. Um, I, I don't really see the, the point in, in thinking about the, the negative side anymore. We've stayed up. We've got another season in the Premier League. Um, let, let's see how it goes next season. Um, yeah. Similarly, I don't want to talk about how um, it's a risk because we all know that. But um, I think I think that's been that's been said to death. So this is a tif- difficult one. Uh, your disappointment for the season, uh, Chris. And yeah, I want to question the premise behind this. Do you mean like the you know just in general, the, the concept of what was most disappointing, or do you mean like in terms of a specific player? I originally thought of player, but you can do it, you can see it however you see fit. Okay, right. Well, I mean, unless it's a bid to just just cop out, in which case, no, no, it's, don't worry, it's not. I mean, 
frankly, I mean, yeah, my my biggest disappointment overall was just the fact that you know it was it was utterly predictable. But Roy didn't want to give um, youth a chance more. Uh, you know, I think we've we've been safe, and there have been opportunities for that. Uh, I've also been pretty, you know, I mean, I think the the loss of Eze and the you know the uh, missing out on the opportunity to see Ferguson and what he can do through these horrendous injuries that they've both got is really disappointing. It's not been Luca's best season, um, and PVA has underperformed considerably and has rightly been supplanted by. Mitchell now, uh, but the the one I'm, I'm going to so which one of those come on? Well, it's actually I'm coming to my real one. Um, so the the one that I'm actually really disappointed about is just that Kelly hasn't got more game time, and um, there've been so many injuries at centre back, and I can't see why we've gone with an out of position midfielder uh, and you know very slow older defenders rather than Martin Kelly, who we know can do a job for us. So that for me is is the one, is the fact that uh, Kelly hasn't been given more game time. Interesting. And I've got to say, um, obviously saw Liverpool game only on the TV. He had one of the sharpest haircuts I've ever seen. Absolutely. Like it was, a, whoever did it is a fade specialist. That's all I can say. Absolutely perfect. <laughs> uh, Nick, you, Nick, your disappointment for the season. Well, the major disappointment was not being able to go apart from once. Um, Don't cop out with that. We're obviously that, but something better. Come Um, on, come on. We've got such an attacking-looking team on paper that it was disappointing that we weren't more attacking. Um, I agree completely with what Chris said about Kelly and other players and bringing you through, but we, we should be more exciting we should have been more exciting because we've seen moments of it. And I know being a Palace supporter, I think Sean Hughes wrote, wrote about it in one of his books um, many, many years ago, that Palace has always been mo- moments of brilliance followed by moments of abject shiteness. But the brilliance has been few and far between. I mean, when we have seen it, it was really good. I mean, at the start of the season, we saw Eze, we saw Benteke and we saw Zaha link up really, really well. Eze was in the middle. Then, for some reason, shoved out of position on the wing. And I think he could have been so much more had he played in the central position that all our QPR friends said that he was best at. So, yeah, playing players out of position. Fair enough. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with Sacco. Um, I think... The fact that there was murmurs for the, from the club that he, he was unhappy and he wanted to go. Um, obviously, we're not probably going to see him playing a Palace shirt again. The injury put put an end to that and probably put an end to, to his move, his dream move to Leon as well. Um, it's just been a, 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 a quiet, sad end to um, the career of a man that I, I thought probably could have become one of the real... Palace defensive legends. Um, it's, it's it's sad for for me. Um, I, I I wish we could have just got one excellent last season out of him. But uh, there we go. Them's them's the breaks. Uh, and one last question, and I want a one sentence answer. Tops was the season a success, Chris? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and Nick, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Nick. Um, yes, we stayed up. No, we didn't capitalise on uh, having seven seasons so far in the Premier League and actually pushing into the top half. So, 50% so. 
yeah, I think that's probably where most people are. So um, we, we we asked the rest of the team to uh, to leave us some voice clips, uh, and uh, we 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 can't really have the end of season pod without hearing from Hambo himself. So um, we asked him, or I asked him, to answer all of the questions we just discussed. So here's uh, here's our leader himself, uh, Christopher Hambling, on on those particular discussion points. Hambo here, looking back at the season. I think player of the season is is a tough one because, uh, you know, the second half of the season has kind of detracted from who was absolutely outstanding at the start, and that was Pethente Guaita. Um, I think, you know, the number of saves he made, the, the key moments that, that he contributed to in getting us the points total that we got, I think he was absolutely vital because the second half of the season belonged to to Eze really uh, in terms of making a, a real impact and, and the goals that he scored and you know when you look back at the season those are the kind of he, he's the one where you kind of remember those moments more but I think for me player of the year has to be uh, Bethente Guaita game of the season's easy uh, because there weren't a lot of great performances and there were probably a lot of better performances than the Brighton game but it has to be the way we beat Brighton um, and, and especially kind of as it was part of the resurgence of Christian Benteke, you know, scored by his recent standards a lot of goals um, once he got going. And, you know, there's nothing really better than than a, a last-minute victory against Brighton. So definitely that was game of the season for me. Still about the favourite Roy moment, in ge- is that in general or, or in the season? Um, you know, it's hard to think about this season, my favourite Roy moment. But, you know, overall... In, in Roy's four years, I think the the best thing that he ever did was you know adjust the way we were playing. You know when when he took over and and sort of knitted everybody together and gave us organisation um, and, and gave us a bit of freedom to to play for a while. And you go back to that period when Loftus Cheek was at the peak of his powers for us, and it was a really enjoyable time to watch Palace. So I think those were the the best moments. But you know, he also really did address how you know how badly we had been playing under him against Brighton initially. And you know, we actually could can say without certainty we were very much up for those games under Roy by the end, if not maybe the first couple that we played under him. So yeah, really happy. I'll, I'll give him credit for that. And overall, did a tremendous job over four years. The disappointment of this season, 100%, was the failure to both use the squad and to use new players and young players. That's 100% the thing that we'll look back on and say he didn't do the best of over the years. He didn't use players right. And this season in particular kept the same tactical system for way too long. And it was only later in the season that he changed it. And we saw Palace play some better football. So my, my disappointment was his inflexibility in both selection and tactics. So I think we could have done better. And whether or not the season was a success, I think, depends entirely on what you think of the squad. I think the squad is better than it delivered on. But ultimately, for Palace, it's still a success to stay in the Premier League. A lot of people don't like that. Um, but I think if you ask Roy this question, he would tell you it was a successful season. If you ask the board, they'd probably say the same thing. But I think everybody recognises that we probably should have kicked on better than we did. Um, you know, we ended the season you know, not not the best. And... You know, we cost ourselves a couple of places in the league at the least, and and that again restricts the amount the amount of money for the next person. So overall, decent season, but I wouldn't I wouldn't use the word success myself. Hope everyone enjoyed what we did this season in terms of back of the next content, and uh, yeah, we'll speak to you all soon. Sage words from the man himself. Um, 
yeah, can't can't disagree with much of that. It's interesting that we've all come up with uh, different disappointments. Um, and we also have the words of Patrick O'Connor. So, uh, producer Sam, please uh, play his words too. This is PLC, my player this season, Abereche Eze. My game of this season, the win over Leeds at home. Favourite Roy moment? I'm going to struggle for that, honestly. I'm not trying to be funny, I'm just going to struggle. Um, the first win versus Chelsea at home when Kabai and Wilf scored. This point of the season, honestly, just not giving it a go in the Cups, finishing as low as we did. Seeing the success, absolutely not. Um, for me, we could have achieved much more if we had been more forward-thinking uh, with the way that we played, with our attitude, with our signings. So, for me, very disappointing season. PLC out. So, there you go. Succinct from Patrick. Um, that makes yes, a I, I, uh, I, We could have gone all day with asking everyone else um, similar questions, but um, I think you've got a nice spread of answers there. Um, and... Essentially, I, I think we all came to the conclusion that it was it was a mixed season, um, and I think we're all quite excited for for what's happening next season and the changes uh, that are going to come to us in the summer. Um, we'll get to what we think about that a little bit more when we go over the listener comment. Um, but before that, we're going to have a quiz from producer Sam. Um, I don't know what to expect here. Um, I'm two and a bit beers in. So my uh, speed of answering might be a bit slower than the other two. Um, I've just got to say on that, actually, I was, drink, I, I was having a nice sharp Singer beer. Um, and while Hambo's quote came on, I've swapped to Moretti and it's, um, it's very disappointing. Uh, but yeah, let's, uh, let's get to Sam's quiz. Um, Sam, can you tell us more about what you're about to subject to Steve for the next few minutes? I don't know if I want to. The element of surprise is just too tempting. Um, but I have gone quite season-centric, unusually. Oh, right. so, so it's a quiz about this, this season in general, is it? Yeah, so there's a few questions about Palace's season. There's a few questions about the season in general um, for other teams as well. Okay, and can listeners play along? If they want, yeah. All right. Well, if you if you absolutely cane all three of us, please do send a message and tell us that we shouldn't be doing a podcast about football because we know nothing about it. <laughs> um, let's let us get involved. Thank you. So this is the end of season quiz. Da, 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 da. Question one: What was the average goals conceded per Premier League match for the twenty twenty one season for Crystal Palace? Obviously. 1.45, 2.13, 1.74 or 1.67? Uh, yeah, all too high for my liking, but one of them's right, I suppose. That be. It was a 1.74 and everybody got that right. Nice. Yeah, well, so so we conceded, what, 60... 66 goals conceded. Five, yeah, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not good, is it? It's not good at all. Question two. <laughs> How many clean sheets did Palace manage this season? Seven, eight, nine, or ten? I'm stunned that it's any of those. I thought I, I would have gone about three. Um, yeah, I'd have gone three or four. Which is nuts, considering that two of us went for Guaita for play of the season. True. 
Yeah, but it would have been none without him, wouldn't it? True. Well, that's the case with most goalkeepers. True. <laughs> the answer was eight. One of you got that right. Uh, and those were against Southampton, Sheffield United, Arsenal, Wolves, Fulham, Manchester United, West Brom, and then Sheffield United again. Is, it, is there any truth in the fact that we didn't beat a team higher than three places above us all season? Um, so, so it depends how you take it. I think at the time that that's true. But, um, for example, I believe Villa did Villa not finish more than three places above us. So I think it depends how you take it. Well, Man United finished second, so... But you know what I mean? We, we beat them. Um, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, at the time, that may well be the case. But, um, yeah, I, I think that's one of those stats that doesn't mean a lot, really. Uh, certainly, we, we did... Um, we did. We, we sweeps a lot of points from the lower teams, which we've done the last couple of years, which is opposite to what we used to do, where we get a fluky win against the top six and then lose to the team that were 20th. So, whatever you prefer, who knows? Sam, question sorry. three: Which player had the best goals per appearance ratio this season? Zaha, Mateta, Benteke, or Schlupp? <sighs> oh, I'm tempted to go for the obvious one, but actually when I'm thinking how many games did they miss versus how many goals they scored for this. It's, it's great to hear your thoughts um, out loud. <laughs> <laughs> the answer was the obvious one, Zaha. Really? Really. Best goals per appearance ratio, Zaha over Mateta. Yep. Um his ratio was uh, 0.36. I did write the other ones down, but I... Oh, okay, so maybe minutes per, per goal is, is better than appearances per goal. I thought it was quite a sneakily worded question, you see. Yeah. Well, you are indeed a sneak. Well, there you go. Uh, I would not have got that. I'd have put him last out of those four. Question the fourth. How many shots on target did Palace muster this season? 124, 127, 132 or 135? Must I mean, that's just a fucking ridiculous question, isn't it? Like, it, I, you could have at least had them like 20 apart or something. You're, you're an absolute slave driver when it comes to these quizzes. At least they're relevant to the season. <laughs> yeah, there's no Most Kevin of the Bacon are. Yeah. The answer was 132, and that's a passing accuracy of 38% out of 349 shots overall. Uh, I mean, obviously, obviously. Question five. What was the result on Boxing Day 2020? A 0-0 draw, a 1-0 draw, a 2-0 win, or a 3-0 loss? It's on the telly, wasn't it? BBC One, first ever game on telly on BBC One on Boxing Day. Oh, bollocks, then I've chosen the wrong one. <laughs> Bollocks! The answer was a 3 0 loss away to Aston Villa. Uh, that was when Mings I thought, got I sent thought it was off, a Man United it? game. I was going to say that that is a game that I've totally blocked out of my memory. But um, after we discussed the best games this season, um, that and Burnley were some of the worst, I think. Um, yes, carry on. Sorry, Sam. We're moving on to the portion of the quiz that's more about the season in general for all Premier League teams. So you, you run out of Palace-related questions? You still want to depress yeah. us too no. much. 
Which Premier League team had the highest number of red cards this season? Brighton and Hove Albion, Arsenal, Chelsea or West Ham? I'm just putting the answer I hope it is rather than yeah, so. any... Um... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so, although I think they're the same. Arsenal had a couple the other day, so I've gone with them, but let's see. I went Brighton. It was indeed Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, six oh, red but... cards in total. Oh, <laughs> The holders of said red cards are Lamptey, White, Mope, Bissouma and uh, everybody's favourite, Lewis Dunk, got two red cards. Of course, course he did. And and also, Mopai managed to get sent off after the end of the game. So, excellent this on them. True. Question seven. The youngest player to have played a Premier League game this season was 16 years, nine months and 13 days old. He played in a game against Palace, but for which team? Manchester United, Aston Villa, Fulham or Sheffield United? I think I should have gone Fulham. I think I should have gone Fulham, but I've gone for Sheffield United. Nick was right. It was Sheffield United and the player was Antoine Hackford. Who scored. Yeah, he's very young. Yeah. He scored as well last week, didn't he? Shows what playing the youth can do, doesn't it? Hmm. Question eight. Which team was the most dispossessed in the league? Fulham, Aston Villa, Liverpool or Crystal Palace? Gone for the obvious. Or Palace. Yeah. Uh, The answer was indeed Crystal Palace with 402 dispossessions, which I'm not sure is a word, but there we go. That's more than Um, successful passes. Do, do you uh, do you know who our most dispossessed player was, incidentally? No. Excellent. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> my professionalism knows no bounds. Um, so, because it wouldn't be my quiz without some really random questions, here are the random questions. Right. And this one is brought to you uh, from Hambo. Uh, and perhaps a quiz topic for the future <laughs> this is andros or vandros so is this quote from andros townsend or is it a luther vandros lyric the ball is tipped and there you are you're running for your life andros or vandros i love the fact that luther vandros was one of david bowie's backing singers for a while it's incredible that isn't it was he yeah yeah everyone got it right so well, I mean, it was surely not going to come from andros townsend um, I don't know. He'd scored that one goal where he ran the whole pitch. Uh, the song is from the song "One Shining Moment." If anybody, of course, it is absolute banger. <laughs> You've never heard it. <laughs> no, I've never heard Leith of Andros at all. Um, Final question for this season. Can I can I just say before you read this, there should be some uh, speech marks around the word success. But Callum, <laughs> read the question. Out. <laughs> You're just bitter because you lost that one. Following the success of the Seven Degrees of Kevin Bacon quiz, which 1968 to 1969 player is two degrees removed from Kevin? Tom Van Sittart, David Payne, Mark Lazarus, or Lazarus, or John Jackson? I've only gone for Mark Lazarus because he was my dad's favourite player. That's the only reason but I've gone for it. I don't even understand the question, to be honest, but... So the answer was Tom Van Zittart and the degrees of separation 
Kevin Bacon was in RIPD with Ryan Reynolds. Reynolds is co-owner of Wrexham and Tom Vansittart, I can't pronounce his surname, I'm sorry, played for both Wrexham and Palace. Of course he did. Um, So, uh, scores on the doors, please, Sam. Scores on the doors. So, the leaderboard in third place is Mike with a score of 32. In second place... With a bronze medal. The bronze medal, sorry. The silver medal goes to Chris with a score of 34. And shining example, gold medal, goes to Nick with a score of 51. Blimey, I did well there. Can I play you every week? You're on my wavelength, Nick. Yeah. Can I play you every week? That's what I want to know. (laughs) Congratulations to Nick Gillard uh, for that excellent win. Um, Yes. What what else can we say other than that's probably the peak of anything we've done on this pod? Um, Okay, so... After this can I um, brief... go back and change my game of the season answer? Because that was it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you can indeed, Jess. So uh, right after this, we're going to get to uh, listener feedback. We'll uh, we'll quickly answer everything that you've stuck stuck our way in the last few days. Back of the Nest, sponsored by Pitch Sport. Fun time videos, choose your match day squad, post match ratings, and much more. Available to download on the App Store and Google Play. PitchDMM.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay, so uh, we asked people what they wanted us to discuss on an end of season pod um, across a couple of social media platforms. Um, We're going to hit up the ones we can. Um, Keep the answers fairly brief because we could probably go on for ages and ages and ages. Um, and this um, pod's already running towards an hour. Was one of um, those platforms Tinder? One of those platforms was not Tinder. No, okay. um, it, we 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 asked it across a couple of our current social media platforms. Um, so let's start with a, a bit of Facebook. Mark Callaghan. Thank you, Mark. Thank you to everyone that's written in. Um, talk about bringing some of the under 23s through. They're doing a great job. So let's uh, let's ask which under 23 player would you guys bring through, Chris? Well, I'd, I've already praised Jake O'Brien, and that and that is my answer. He he looked really good. I mean, the thing I want to single out about that was he looked like a young Gary Cahill. He was you know looking left and right. He was t- communicating with his his fellow centre back and with the right back as well. So I'd I'd really like to see him get some game time uh, in the in the coming year. And you know I'm I'm hopeful that actually will happen. Let's see. Okay, Nick. Um... 
this uh, Omilabu chap seems to be scoring a lot of goals. I'd like to see him chucked in, see how he does against uh, better defensive players. Okay, I, yeah, I've already mentioned uh, Rich Bagley, um, but yeah, obviously David Omilabu as well, just for the chant from the fans, apart from anything else. Uh, Jerry Cole, thank you, Jerry. Uh, Chris and Co. Uh, apologies for Chris not being on. That's what we've got. We've got we've got Chris Clark instead. That'll do. Um, who do you think Phil will be the next Palace boss? Uh, thanks for your good work. Enjoy the summer. We certainly will. Who do you think will be the next Palace boss? Not who do you want. Who do you feel will be the next Palace boss, Chris? I want it to be Sean Dyche. I think it's going to be Sean Dyche. Okie dokie, Nick. I want it to be this Fonseca chat from Roma, although I don't think he'd get the money. I've got a feeling it will be whoever loses the playoff final in the championship. Interesting. I, I've got the impression that it's going to be um, no one amongst the people that uh, the press has been talking about recently. I think it's going to be someone out of left field. Um, let, let us see. So... Um, Going on to Twitter, um, one more point, fanzine, for those of you that are old enough to remember it. Rank the eight Premier League seasons in terms of how much you enjoyed them. Um, I mean, that that, that 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 will take a fair while. So let, let's truncate it and say, uh, what, what's your favourite Premier League season of this current um, time we've been up? What what's it, which, which one has it been, Chris? Season with Big Sam. Um, easy, you know, having uh, those because it, it started so badly, um, and you know, it, for the way that he turned it round and the way he got us playing was just awesome. Um, um, you know, he may well be um, insert legal <laughs> disclaimer here, uh, someone of um, I don't know. No, I'm not even going to say it. Yeah, uh, he may not be a, a character without uh, his detractors, but. He he got us playing some of the best football I've ever seen uh, us play. So yeah, that season easy. Nick, my favourite was the first one because I thought it would be fleeting. Um, I loved watching Marouane Schmack. He played some fantastic football alongside Jason Punchin. It was good to see the the players that brought us up, keeping us up, and it was just a a, a kind of new experience for for us to be. We played with the big boys again. There were moments. There were moments where we we should we should have won the first game, but we were unlucky. We we pulled out a few results that season, um, but also the season where we um, we had Christian Ball. That was that. I mean that that's got to be the you, moment of the whole eight seasons, hasn't it? You can't choose two different seasons. You've already given your answer. This is getting greedy. Um, I'm I'm going to agree with Chris. I'm going to say Big Sam season because. Um, I never felt that we were going to go down other seasons for that long. Um, but that season, it really did put us out of the abyss. Middlesbrough game, PVA scoring 1-0. That was, I, I, I don't think I've felt more at a game than I than I did that season. So that is my choice. Um, JB7, who the hell is Jacob Montez? Hopefully we've answered that for you. Um <laughs> I'm not sure any of us know, in all honesty. Um, be interesting to find out. Andy Hode, um, always kind enough to, to write in. I don't think a vast majority of those out-of-contract players will leave. It's not likely we have the money to just buy a brand-new squad. Uh, comment on that. I mean, 
So, so the players that are leaving, um, just just a quick question really to you guys. Which ones do you think will stay and which ones do you think will leave? Um, we're, we're not basing this on any in the no stuff. Um, you know, let's let's just go through who's who's allegedly out of contract. That's why Benteke, Schlupp, PVA, Andros, Sacco, Nathaniel Klein, James McCarthy, James McArthur. I'm not. I'm really not sure that's the case. Joel Ward, Gary Cahill, Scott Dan, Martin Kelly, um, uh, Wayne Hennessy, Connor Wickham, Stephen Henderson, and Sam Woods. So, which one of those do you think will keep, Chris? You only want me to answer one, or just no, no. To say which ones you feel, well, which ones? You, let's go with which ones you'd like us to keep. Okay, right. I'd like us to keep Benteke. I'd, obviously, I mean, everyone, anyone who listens to this pod knows that you know I'm the world's biggest fan of Jeff Schlupp. Uh, you know, purely for the song, but also for the way he's he's been one of our better players this year, in my opinion, when he's been on the pitch. So, yeah, absolutely keep him. Um, Andros. I think, you know, really has been a star for us, so I want to keep him. Nat Klein, I'd like to keep as well. You know, there's a there's a poetry to him being back with us. James MacArthur, if he is out of contract, I definitely want to keep. Joel Ward, I think he's reported to be staying, and I definitely hope he is. Gary Cahill, similar. Um, Scott Dan, there's reports that he is staying, but frankly, I, I just can't see a, good, a valid reason for keeping him on the playing staff at this stage. Martin Kelly, I do think, is a useful um, player for us. And the others, as far as I'm concerned, could go with the exception of Sam Woods, who possibly I'd extend for another year just to see if he comes good. Nick? Yeah, there's not a lot to add to that, is there? Um, Benteke's and Townsend have both been really good the last three or four games, or well longer for Benteke, so I'd hate to see them go. And I think Townsend is a is a proper Palace player. He will be a Palace legend in time to come. Uh, the rumours that PVA are off to Galatasaray, aren't they? Um, other than that, I think the others are replaceable. Has Cahill got another season in him? I'm not too sure. Um, he's He's been good for us, but he's also been bad for us. We need somebody a bit more consistent at centre-back. A lot depends on who the new manager is, doesn't it? Just, uh, whether they stay yeah, or go. I think you've put the nail on the head. It really does depend who's, who's coming in. Um, I'm going to say which ones I'd be absolutely gutted if we lose. Um, I'd be gutted if we lose Townsend. I'd be gutted if we lose Nathaniel Klein, especially on the on the news of uh, of Nathan Ferguson being out for uh, perhaps the rest of the calendar year. Um, I'd be really gutted if Klein goes. And James MacArthur, although I'm really not sure that his contract is actually up. Um, but yes, I'm sure we're all going to have differing opinions on that. Um, Mark Drew, new manager, must be arriving from the championship. Uh, I mean, it's 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 fairly likely, but um, you know, I I think that the club have kept the the news of who they've interviewed and that kind of thing really close to their chest. So um, there's no point sort of ma- making up more rumours. I think there's enough when you when you look around. Um, I reckon we'll find out soon enough. Days Pinhead, Daniel Shilling. I'd like to ask the panel if you were on death row, what would be your last meal? Chris? Chicken down, Zach. That is so specific and so just rolled off the tongue. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, fair enough. I mean, uh, I feel like that would need like some, some sundries with it. Um, yeah, well, I can't be too fussy, can I? But, I mean, I've often thought about, uh, you know, what my favourite meal is. I get interviewed about this sometimes in my other life as a politician. So, um, 
I'd also specify a pint of ale with it as well if I had the chance. I don't. I don't think you're allowed alcohol. I, I mean, yeah. they're about to kill um, me. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Nick. Nick. Um, I'd go for an all-you-can-eat buffet and just keep going back for another tiny bit of poppadom just to extend my life as much as I can. If not, something with lots of garlic in to piss off the executioner. I mean, yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm not. I'm not sure what I'd go for. I, 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 I might be one of those annoying death row inmates that orders a load of food and then refuses to eat it. Um, <laughs> just, just everyone off. Um, great question from Joe. At Joe Oliverius um, on Twitter, what style of football would you like the new manager to bring in? Um, I'm going to answer this first, if that's okay with you, gents. Um, <laughs> one more point fanzine replied saying a winning one. Um, I mean, yeah, fair enough. Um, I, I'd just like to to see. We, we've obviously got a very good counter attacking team, and I'd like to see us go back to the the old fashioned balls down the flanks, crosses in um, counter attacking football. Nick. What, you mean a manager that plays somebody in a position of inside right? <laughs> um, yeah, I'd like us to see, like you said, utilise the, the attacking players we've got. Although we've lost Eze, we might lose Wilf. I'm not sure if we've seen his last game um, at Sellers, which would be oh, a shame. Oh, God, let's, let's, let's not discuss that. Come on now. Let's not um, discuss that. Yeah. Wilf staying forever. Wilf staying forever. Karen. I, I, I just want something that's more positive. The, take the game to the other team and sort of a, a bit Pardew-esque and try and score, just try and score more goals than the other team score against you because we've got the players what can score goals let's utilise them Chris clever counter-attacking because um, <laughs> I think, I, I like exactly I like the, I love the idea of what Nick's described but I've all, I was also at the Swansea game um, and have seen permanently scarred by that. You know, um, I also saw yeah, the, the, the thought that they could go back up, the thought that Swansea could be back up and it could happen again next season. Yeah, oh, no, let's, let's Sorry, not carry on. We want to finish on, a, on an upbeat note. So um, absolutely, you know, I, I like our counter-attacking tradition. I like our tradition of playing with wingers. I hope that whoever we bring in as our new boss understands and respects that tradition and, you know, that that we get. Ultimately, though, I, I think one more point, I had a, a real point there um, with regard to just as long as the results are good, who really cares about the style? But that said, I think, you know, the feedback on this podcast and from its listeners over the last three and a half to four years has indicated that actually style does matter. Um, and if there is such a thing as a Palace way, it's counter-attacking and wing play. So hopefully we'll see yeah, some I of mean, that. Yeah, I mean, that's the great debate. That's, that, that spits Palace fans, doesn't it? Um, people that are still behind Roy because he got the right amount of points. Um, that's a debate that will, will never end. Um, Palace Loyal has asked us to just talk about our training methods um, and injuries. And I, I think that's probably referring to Nathan Ferguson getting injured in training. Um I, I just want to say on that, um, I'm going to sort of be the honorary handbow here and say that um, none of us are um, actually, that you know, none of us work for the club um, and we don't know about the training methods. Yeah, I mean, it, you can definitely tell. I mean, it's happened to Arsenal, it's happened to Liverpool before. There are sides that clearly work their players harder than others in training and it does cause extra injuries. Um, I don't know whether that leads to more points in the Premier League or not. You, you, you assume it does or they wouldn't take the risk. Um, it's it's a massive shame 
Um, but I don't know what else we can say on it. You'd you, you think that um, it's probably worth at some point the club getting an interview with the injured players. You know, it'd be great to hear. It would have been great to hear from Connor Wickham when he was on the treatment table all those times. It'd be great to hear from Nathan Ferguson because, you know, somebody on the pod chat the other day on WhatsApp mentioned that they, they don't even know if Nathan Ferguson actually exists as a human being. Um, it's sad, but um, I, I just think that the communication could be a bit more from those injured players um, rather than just coming from their own Twitter, um, which, you know, never covers the whole truth. It'd be great if we could get some interviews with them, but... There you go. Uh, a couple more questions. Sorry, from, Mike. Can uh, I just from... come in there with yeah, that? Um, with, with the younger players, I was I was speaking to somebody else who knows a, a very good tennis coach, and they were saying there's been some research into younger players who've had to do lots of weight training when they're younger, when their muscles are still developing and the ligaments are still development developing are more prone to injuries so it might be stuff that's happened before these players have been at Palace that's causing them to get injuries now so it, it could be as simple as that rather than what Palace are doing Interesting I mean in Conor Wickham's case it's, uh, it's the fact that his uh, his legs are made of jelly um, but there, there you go um, that yeah, I, I, that, that's, a, that's a very good point and this is the kind of thing that we really can't comment on because none of us know enough about it um, a couple more questions from, from Keith Powell uh, and from Richard Evans, just asking us uh, who we think the next manager is. Um, th- there's no point speculating. You know, we, we, we don't work for the club. Um, we can have our guesses, um, but we're probably going to disagree. Um, what we've heard, you know, might be a conjecture. So let, let, we'll, we'll do some more pods. Um, I'm sure we will over the summer. Um, I think we're going to leave it there, gents, if that's OK with you. Um, obviously thanks for listening uh, thanks to everyone who's got in touch over the season um, it means so much thanks to everyone that listens um, you know we've seen a we've seen a lovely rise in listenership over this season and it, it really means a lot um, so whether you listen to us whether you watch the watch along with DR uh, whatever you do it, it's really great and, and please do keep sending messages in it makes us uh, makes us realise that people actually do listen to the show um, I don't know when the next show will be uh, probably probably when the next significant news comes out, whether it's a new sign and that kind of thing. Uh, we'll, we'll, we won't go silent over the summer. We'll, we'll do the odd pod. Obviously, it won't be necessarily every Sunday and every Thursday as it usually is during the season. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll put the odd one out when people are around, when there's news to talk about uh, and when you guys want to hear us. So um, in the meantime, thank you very much to producer Sam for the quiz. Um which uh, Nick, I'm sure, will be celebrating long into the night. Oh, uh, yes. Thank you very much to... Oh, of course you will. Thank you very much to my panellists, Nick and Chris. Um, and uh, until next time, come on, you palace. Back of the Nest Review Show, sponsored by PitchDMM.com. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ 
the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.